Previously on Quest Friends. I'm Professor Myra Frank Manning IV. A fun fact, I'm actually the first person in my family named Myra. My dad just didn't understand how name works. Are you what humans would term a zombie? <laughs> God, this had to be decades ago. I was out on the site and I had an encounter with uh, with some stratic life. Yes, my name is Sunny and you're Shock and Misha and Little Ness, isn't that right? I'm not little. I'm compact. (laughs) (laughs) We kind of... I can't think of a better term for it. We kind of fused. Okay, I've been dancing around the topic. I am the professor. The professor is dead. Did it peak the audio this time? It did. I heard it echo. God. <laughs> you chose that voice. This is all your fault. You, you have done that yourself. Yeah, it's true. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so uh, going back to. So, will you go with me? Shock, Ellie, and Misha. It is the morning of day three. You are at the breakfast hall, which is just the regular kitchen. You're in the scramble. It's nothing unique. You're in there sitting alongside a table uh, with Jesse Everett Ness, and you can see one empty chair where Hopper would be. He's just not here yet. And in each of your hands and in front of Hop's empty spot, you see a custom little card, and it says, Will you go to prom de plume with me? And on the other side of the table, Zoe, who sat you all down and handed you each of these cards, is just sitting there waiting expectantly. Yeah, that would be fun. We should all go to this prom event. Oh, I would certainly go with you, Zoe. This sounds like a really fun thing. Is it boring? <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, but don't you want to go with a date? What? Well, I mean, s- sometimes, you know, you go with a good friend or... <laughs> A special friend, um, and usually special friends. Mom, just- I read young adult novels. I know about romance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to be explicit. I- Megan told me that prom de plume is the thing you're supposed to share with those special person or people that you care about most in the world. And I know she means romance by that, but I don't really want romance. I've never really wanted it, and I don't think I ever will. So instead, I just want to spend prom de plume with the most important people to me. And if I can go with one friend, then why can't I go with all my friends? Well, then yes. The answer is yes, Zoe. I'll go to prom (laughs) with you. Shock looks thoughtful at the words Ellie has said about what prom is supposed to be. (laughs) Misha has been eyeing both really intently at Ellie and at Shock, like, back and forth. Ness is taking all the food off of Shock's plate and eating it himself. (laughs) (laughs) 
Wait, wait, taking all the food and doing what with it? I couldn't. He's eating it himself, even though he's a robot. So it's mostly just like, like does he have a mouth? I don't know. <laughs> well, he has to. He speaks. I mean, I think that he has a mouth, but like, does it go anywhere? <laughs> Let's say it becomes oil. He's eating it. It's fine. <laughs> we don't need to justify it. <laughs> And I should note that Jesse and Everett also said yes. Everett gave a tentative thumbs up. And Jesse just did very aggressive nodding and kept nodding lower and lower and lower. And then their eyes closed. (laughs) And then they went back up again and they kept nodding. They're a little more awake. Misha did get them to bed last night. So they're a little more awake, but not completely. Anyways, so Zoe continues and says, I'm really excited. I know I asked a little bit early, but I want to make sure I asked everybody before tonight when everyone really starts asking during the salt and pepper rally. Oh, is it customary to ask one special friend to prom during this specific rally tonight? Well, sometimes one, sometimes more, and it doesn't have to be at the salt and pepper rally, but people usually do it right after. I learned all about it in this brick. And she slams down a brick onto the table. And then she pulls out the mauve and mako pin. And she pulls out the walkie-talkie that's connected to the pin. And she sets the walkie-talkie down on the ground. She sets the pin on top of the brick and says, It really hurt to hit my head against all of this stuff. So I asked my kind of sister about it, and this is what she recommended. Ellie looked panicked at the it hurt to hit my head. And then (laughs) looks more panicked at the kind of sister. And so he lifts her hand up and she slams the pin down on the brick. And the message from the brick sends itself up through the pin and into the walkie-talkie. And you hear a voice come out. What's up, dudes? Tonight is the salt and pepper rally. The most important thing about prom de plume than prom de plume itself. If you thought about that special someone or special someones you want to ask to prom de plume, well then you better get on it now, loser. Because the salt and pepper rally is where victors are chosen and losers wallow in eternal loneliness. Oh dear. Sorry, dudes. I'm already taken because I'm gonna be on the proligarchy, which is chosen that evening in a cutthroat competition. <laughs> That's it. I can't do any more with that voice. That's end of message. You just hear a voice say, This brick will self destruct in 30 seconds. Unless we no longer have the budget for that. In which case, you can reuse it or give it to someone else. Why is this society like this? Zoe, you didn't pay money for this, did you? Oh no, they were being tossed around in my hallway this morning. It was very dangerous. I got a bruise. And she pulls up her hair and you just see a giant welt in the middle of her forehead. (sighs) Ellie looks horrified. Who was tossing Bricks. Oh, don't worry about it, Ma. I'm flipping into the <laughs> Zoe Kentrum voice. Oh, no. Oh, fuck. This is the darkest timeline. Um, Zoe's voice. She's like this. Oh, don't worry, Mom. It didn't hit my hair, so I didn't feel a thing. Oh, God. No. It's almost like my hair isn't an actual practical way of sensing the environment and dealing with pain. Wow, Kyle. Maybe it isn't. Ellie is just... <laughs> 
Ellie is just taking a moment, like gripping the edge of the table in terror. And as you grip the edge of the table, a shadow goes over you. And not in like necessarily the metaphorical sense entirely, but also in a very literal sense as a long, tall, lanky shadow starts to overcome you and the rest of the table. And you hear a voice say, Ah, is this seat taken? So Hopper was caught off guard by the whole Vespari conversation the night before. He felt he felt a little bit like a deer caught in the headlights because he wanted to help, but he realized that he has no idea how to navigate the problem that Vespari has because it's his. So he just tried to listen and offer support, but he was so worried about not invalidating Vespari's feelings that he feels like he came across as just unabsorbed or aloof. And then he realizes that's because he has been. So hearing that kind of dilemma spoken aloud by someone else sort of revived him a little because it snapped him out of his internal crisis and put him outside of it. And then because he was finally outside of it, he was able to realize that the day that Simon Simon is unable to put his own problems on the back burner to help somebody else is the day that Simon Simon has to do some serious inward reflecting. As a result, he spends another sleepless night just thinking about stuff and how he wants to help Vespari, but he knows he can't without, he, he can't be like, Vespari, you should work on yourself if he also <laughs> isn't doing that, because that would be hypocritical. So over the course of the night, when he's thinking about that, his eyes land on the hat that Misha gave him that he still hasn't worn yet. But uh, he realizes that if he wants to help Vespari, then surely his friends want to help him. And he's filled with another wave of appreciation for the support that Misha and his other friends have shown him by just being there. So in the morning, before breakfast, he says to Vespari, Hey, um, I'm sorry if I seemed not all there last night. The truth is that I know a little bit about what you're going through, but I don't know how to fix it. But I know how meaningful it can be to have someone in your corner. So I wanted to let you know I'm in your corner. And I think that if you wanted to work on your magic and maybe talk to Shock, uh, I can help you with that. If you're comfortable with it, I, I, can, I can help you talk to him. And after hearing that, Vespari's head just pokes out over the edge of the, uh, of the bed. And this is the thing where like his nose just barely goes over it. And you just hear a muffled voice <laughs> say, do you really think so? I do. But I was so needlessly cruel. No one would want to deal with a cruel loser. Everybody makes mistakes. I'm sure if you just apologize and try to not be as cruel, you know, you know, Jacques, Jacques is Jacques is great. He won't hold that against you. Is that something you can promise? I can't speak for Jacques, but I can promise that I will try. And then Vespari's hand limply falls down over the side of his bed, and it starts to, like, clutch a little bit, as if beckoning. And we flash forward to breakfast, and we see no longer the shadow, we see Vespari, who is being tentatively pulled by the hand by Hopper, and is now just awkwardly standing there, looking very sheepish. <laughs> oh, Hopper's gonna say... Hey, everybody! <laughs> uh, Jacques, do you have a second? Uh, yeah. 
Sure. So it turns out, Vespari is actually an admirer of yours. We were talking last night because he's my roommate, and oh. <laughs> you know, we just thought <laughs> we just thought maybe he could learn something from you. He's um <clears throat> going through a hard time and would really appreciate any help you could give. Oh, oh, yeah, I I wanna wanna help. Um, hi, uh. Vespari, I guess we we haven't really ever spoken to each other normally in a way that wasn't on a stage or in a life or death situation. But uh, Shock will extend a hand, and say it's nice to meet you. Vespari will tentatively go to take a seat and extend his hand, and suddenly his very noodly legs will just crumple down, and he'll just fall on his knees and just start bawling. And he'll be like, oh, thank you so much. You're so generous for helping me. I don't deserve this. You're so good at the magic and so passionate and so... And we see his eyes are misty because of tears, but also very starry-eyed. And he just quietly goes, And just, I really appreciate this. I won't let you down. And, And a hand just flops down onto the table and grabs yours. Hello, my name is the Vespari. How dare you? <laughs> I, I, I will now, from this point on, be known as the appreciated Vespari, the learning Vespari, the understudy Vespari. Well, it's nice to meet you too, the appreciated Vespari. And Shock, just sort of confused and unsettled by the incredible display of emotion, says, I guess, what did you want to learn? And Vespari just looks up to you, still starry-eyed, and he just whispers, everything. Yeah, I was waiting for that. And, um, yeah, fuck it. Shock and Hop, note this down. You are both five hearts with Vespari. (laughs) Oh my god. Amazing. Perfect. (laughs) Those might be the first hearts I've gotten. (laughs) No! You've you've gotten hearts with Sarah, right? Oh, I have some hearts with Sarah, right? I have have three. (laughs) I have three hearts with Sarah. Also, I need to remember now that Vespari now will give each of you a gift. So uh, just note that because you're at five hearts, you now each get a gift. So feel free to grab one from the gift collection. Yes. Okay. Anyway, so we're going to move. We're going to move on. Shock one thing. We can do this off screen. Hopper just wants to ask if he can borrow the recorder headbands that Shock has. Shock will agree to that. Yeah, that's all. Those are now in Hopper's inventory for future events. (laughs) All right. So we're like... 12 episodes into this arc we're on day three of four so we're gonna speed things up a little bit so instead of doing uh morning classes in full what we're gonna do now is we are gonna just have everyone roll a 1d6 and that'll determine how they do in their class and we'll just quickly explain what happened and why so can we attention <laughs> could we purposely get detention and just hang out in the library yes you can purposely get detention Let's do that. so um Let's go. so Let's do it everyone's gonna roll a 1d6 here's what's gonna happen if you roll a one you will gain no hearts with anybody and something will go wrong and this will basically be a gm intrusion that i'm able to hold on to until i feel like it if you get two to three you can gain one heart with someone in your class if you roll a four to five you get to gain two hearts with someone in your class or one heart with two people in your class and if you roll a six you get to gain two hearts and you get a gift okay so everyone Roll a d6. All right. Oh, oh shit. Um, 
It is a it is a net one, my dude. I got a five. I got six. <laughs> I got six. Oh no! This feels really good. I'm sorry, Ari. I love you, but this feels amazing. The world turned upside down. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Which uh, was being sung by the cast of Calaval <clears throat> as uh, Misha was walking to detention. Shouldn't they be singing The World Turned Right Side Up? <laughs> <laughs> I will say that if, if I rolled a one, Misha would not have been able to go into detention. I like that. Okay, so we're going to start with Emily. Emily, you rolled a six, so you get two hearts with someone and you get a gift. So mark down whatever gift you got. You don't have to let me know. But I want to know, who did you get two hearts with and how did it happen? Um, I got two hearts with Megan because I actually got into the whole teaching thing a little bit, even though I didn't want to, and was praising my students for doing good music. <laughs> Cue free houses sound effects. <laughs> I love it. And a couple of things, because you spent so much time with Megan, you noticed a few peculiar things. One, you noticed that she was um, prepping some more music during class. She was looking at more sheet music. But you realize now she wasn't actually reading music. She was writing music for an instrument that is not the tuba. I haven't figured out what that instrument is yet, so I'm just going to call a not instrument, an instrument that's not the tuba. Um, the Milophone, I don't know. The Milophone. You also noticed at the end of the class that that same instrument was miraculously picked picking itself up and walking outside of the class. And when you confronted the instrument, you realized that Megan had turned herself invisible in an attempt to smuggle it out of the class. And eventually she just asked, she's like, hey, I need this. Can I borrow it? And you were real into teacher mode and you were like, yeah. I'm assuming you were like, yeah. That wasn't teacher mode. That was like, break the rules of this terrible school mode. Okay, so you, I mean, that that's what any good teacher would do. Uh -oh. Megan's motivation is maxed out. <laughs> Hi, listeners. Fire Emblem Three Houses came out. Now I'm going to reference that forever. <laughs> All right, so that was Ellie's day. Only other thing of note was that Everett was not in class. Hmm. I need, I'm in teacher mode and mom mode. I need to go find Everett at some point. <laughs> uh, but first. Skipping his education. <laughs> but first, uh, shock. So, Shock, you were going to have an uphill climb here. Vera was very unhappy. She was very unhappy yeah. <laughs> with the fact that you did not fight the Blue Fairy last night. Uh, and she had a whole little monologue prepared about it. And she also put you, she made the rope. The rope was extra hard today. And she put you through some other, like, you know, like the trench thing that's always in, like, the boot camp movies? Sure. Yeah, she put you through one of those complete with mud. Except it was just a little oil from the little, like, ore bots that she controls. Uh. But you got two hearts with somebody in your class and you got a gift. So what happened to get you that? It, are not the entire pack of Anines in my class? The entire pack of Anines, which are a suspect, are in your class. Can I get two hearts with the entire pack of Anines? Entire <laughs> pack of Anines. You have two hearts with the entire pack of Anines. How do you have two hearts with the entire pack of Anines? We had like an amazing team building moment while doing short distance sprinting. Like we are, we just rallied for a moment because we're going to regionals, definitely, probably. Not not actually, but we are playing as if we are going to regionals. The the Amines like their chance, so I like to believe it was just Shock just started at one point going, regionals, 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 regionals. One last quick thing, I'm just curious. Ness, did you join anyone for class? Uh, Ness 
went along with Chuck and spent the entire time going regional. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as a shock did. <laughs> and for this thing, he would just become your coach. And then finally, Hallie, you're going to get two hearts with someone in your class. Yay. And Ari, something is going to go terribly wrong that's going to give me a GM intrusion I can hold on to for later. So I want to know from each of you what happened to make it this way. And second, I want to make you know that among your regular classmates and your instructor Goldstone, you can also get heart points with Everett who you noticed was sulking in the corner, just stirring his pot during the class, but looking happier than you'd ever seen him before. Ditched I'm my class to go to a different class! The disrespect. He's happier here, Emily. <sighs> Alright, so Hallie, who did you get two hearts with? Uh, e Everett. Everett? Two hearts with Everett? I want two hearts with Everett. How'd you get two hearts with Everett? Uh, I just... So Hopper just saw he was there and was pleasantly surprised to see him happy, just contentedly stirring a pot. And then Hop just said like, hey, I'm glad you're here. And then leaves him alone because he needs space. <laughs> That's how you do it. That's how you get hearts. You just don't bug people. And then Ari. Ari, 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 mm -hmm. you get no hearts with anyone. I know. And things went so wrong that they are going to bite you in the ass in the future. And I'm going to give you a GM intrusion related to this class at some point. So please, in like a haiku's length of time, explain to us the, the terrible saga of Misha Jarvis in cooking class. Uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe they tried to, to go through the tension first, but... They probably were stopped either by, by Glomgold just like entering the door at the exact same time or like they were doing to do, they wanted to do that thing that the Simpsons meme does where the grandpa is just coming and then there's around and leave. But Glomgold was like entering at the exact same moment and so like they probably just like crashed back or whatever and couldn't leave because Glomgold wouldn't let them leave to detention. And so they proceeded to go and sulk, but then maybe Glomgold actually wanted like, oh, I want a student here to do a demonstration. Or like, oh man, I'm glad you are here now. You want a student to do a demonstration of whatever, this cooking thing. And so they put Michelle on the spot to cook a thing. And and it Misha just doesn't care, so they actually caused a disaster in the demonstration of Glumgold, maybe. I'm thinking maybe that's a thing that could have happened. They just grab everything and put it together, as I would do when I rage uh, in an Nancy Drew minigame, where I don't know what <laughs> the fuck, and I just put everything there, like, screw this, take this. So, here is the bad thing that will be a GM intrusion for you later. Goldstone likes you now. I always forget what episode it is. I always forget what episode it is. Hello, and welcome to the announcement break for Quest Friends, episode 47, Crime and Courtship, part 12. I am Kyle, your GM, and our intro and outro song are Friends and Hitoshio, both by Miracle of Sound. And did you know that it's October? 
It is. And by the end of October, we're going to have three really cool things happening that I want to let you know about. The first thing is, as I mentioned during last week's episode, we are still looking for a singer and we're hoping to close our auditions for the singer by the end of the month. I know I'm really vague about who it is. I just don't want to spoil it for anyone who doesn't want to hear things that might spoil the plot, might not. Uh, All I will say is that we're looking for someone who's roughly in the mezzo-soprano range. And if you're interested in learning more, you can check link one of three below. Link two will bring us to our Patreon page, which not only includes cool benefits for backers, such as my GM notes for released sessions, additional stories, and just fun videos of us, so you can actually see everyone's look of white-hot fear when I say... I'm going to give you a GM intrusion, but also every single person who backs by the end of October will receive an exclusive Shock and Misha sticker made by Mandy Robertson, creator of comics like Don't Cry Witch, and also our official artist. She made our cover art. What I'm basically saying is that Mandy's really cool, the picture's really cool, and it's going to make a really cool sticker, so I would encourage you to, if you're interested, just maybe try us out at the $1 level. See if you like the content we have there, and, you know, worst case scenario, you paid $1 for a really cool sticker. But all that is stuff I've talked about before. What I want to end today with is talking about Thring 3. Because what is October without Halloween? And what is Halloween without a bonus episode? And what is a bonus episode without a guest star? That's right, next week Quest Friends will be releasing a bonus Halloween-themed episode with guest star Aaron Cateno Saez. If you aren't familiar with Aaron, he is the co-creator of All My Fantasy Children, which is a character creation, world-building, and storytelling podcast powered by listener prompts. You can find episodes for that show wherever you download podcasts or at the third link below, which is allmyfantasychildren.com. Aaron is really fun to work with, and during next episode, he is going to dub over audio for our bonus episode NPC. So basically what we did is during the recording of the episode, I recorded that NPC, sent the character's lines to Aaron, and then Aaron is dubbing those over and sending them back to me. And it's just a really cool mesh of improvised and, I guess, scripted but not scripted audio drama style recording, and it's just going to be really cool to see how it all comes together. So check out Aaron at allmyfantasychildren.com and stay on this feed next week for that bonus episode. All right, that's all I've got for you this week. Our bonus episode will be releasing sometime next week, and our next main episode will be releasing on Monday, November 4th. I'll see you then. Okay, so that is our morning. You all then met back up at lunch to the afternoon. Afternoon! Day three! Uh, I talked with all of you briefly beforehand about what you wanted to do. And so for this episode, we are going to talk about Shock and Misha. And Shock and Misha, for the afternoon of day three, what is, what are you doing? What are you up to? 
Well, were we, were, didn't we have a plan to parent trap? Specifically, Ari, didn't you have a, sp didn't you personally have a plan to parent trap? Because I was definitely counting on you having a plan. My plan revolves in a two-step process. One, walk with Sunny to Myra's office. Actually, it's three-step plan. Two, put Sunny in Myra's office. Three, close Myra's office. <laughs> well, assuming Myra is in set up. Four. Profit. Yeah, so your your plan is I'm to... Just carp spy on them. <laughs> put them off the door. Just like, yeah, a little bit of like a little thread underneath the door. So your plan is to very forcefully force them to talk. Because even though Myra had claimed they had talked, you don't believe them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so you you go, you somehow get Shock to come along to this. I don't know how much of the plan is Shock aware of. Well, I guess Misha would have would have, would have consulted it with Shock. Yeah, we would have we would have we would have like agreed on this plan together. Okay, like, so this is both of you Chuckle Fox came up with this plan yeah, together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Misha could have just been like, I think that the best way of getting two individuals to talk about their problems is for them to be in the same location together. <laughs> so we should just get Sonny and Myra on the same location together. And then prevent them from leaving that location until they fixed it. <laughs> exactly. It's sad that not everybody has the advantage of a mental link, because that will make things more easier. So as these two chuckle fucks are saying their plan, Ness is just like, that sounds boring. I don't want to do it. And then he just turns around and walks away. Uh, Ness, if you have another plan, you can share it with us. I do not want you to be bored. Like, I'm going to take a nap. That's my plan. <laughs> he does like that backwards wave as he's walking away. That like kind of acknowledges the person you're leaving, but not really. Misha will wave back. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, don't worry though. Ness might not be with you, but Vespari is. <laughs> Because Shock had promised Ellie that he'd invite Everett to things, uh, Shock had mentioned to Everett that, hey, we're going to go do this thing, you want to come along? And Everett had just given a very curt, <laughs> no. Which is verbalizing, so it is still progress. But yeah, so Everett's not coming along with you, but Vespari was very excited to go along on your first adventure. And he has, uh, he doesn't have paper, and he can't afford bricks, so he just has a pen in his hand, and he's just meeting with you in the hallway right outside of Myra's office, and he's like, all right, so what is the plan for today? And from your pocket, Sunny, the orb will echo, yes, what are we doing today? Misha will mentally connect with Shock. Shock, are you sure that we can trust the insert random nomenclature he said because there were like three of them? <laughs> because I, I, I'm not being able to pick up if this is a truly honest effort or one of those things humans sometimes call a ruse. And mentally responding, Shock will say, ah, I think... I think, I think Vespari is being sincere. I, I feel like this is too complicated a ruse for him and the Jagged <laughs> Dream to employ, but... That is very true. I still do not quite trust him as much. He made a lot of damage to you. That is reasonable, but we can, we can have him tag along. Maybe, maybe things will be fine. Okay, sure. <laughs> I trust you, Shock, even if I don't trust the adjective, Vespari. And you can see that Vespari has craned his neck in between you two and is just sitting there nodding, 
All right, so is this a moment of reflection or contemplation, or are we are we generating plans before we say them out loud? Uh, so, so something along those lines. Um, well, today our plan was we had to go, you know, meet meet with someone, um, discuss more information about the definitely didn't forget the name of the civilization the floating kingdom of prilema the prilemians um because we we have some valuable information about that and it's related to the sort of world ending situation we we find ourselves in now uh so we're just going to go talk to one of the one of the fine teachers at this this institution and vespari nods is like mhm mhm and sunny thinks to herself mm. Prilemians. That name sounds awfully familiar for some reason. No. Uh, I probably said it out loud earlier because of my strange uh, uh, insights I received from the Apocrita. Have we told you about that? Oh, the Apocrita. No, I don't believe you have, but that sounds extremely familiar. Oh, I get an awful shuddering feeling at that. Are you kids sure that's safe enough for you two? Um, what if as us, as you regale this conversation with Sonny and Vespari, we walk towards our destination as we do not want to miss any time on this endeavor and Misha was going to start walking <laughs> with Sonny like catch up jumps. And as, as you walk there and even as you get to the point where you're opening the door, you just hear Vespari suddenly exclaim, uh, excuse me, world ending? <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> Okay, so like a heist movie, it's time for us to re-say our plan as we watch ourselves do it. So, step one. Step one is to grab Sunny. Check. Sunny's in your hand, in the orb. Going to Myra's office or wherever she We're is. Knocking, knocking on the door to Myra's office. I was just going to open it. Oh, <laughs> Shog knocks on it. Misha just opens it and goes through. <laughs> step two, done. Step three. Well, actually, is Myra there? Uh, doing a very quick glance that doesn't warrant a description, Myra is in there. She is. Okay, step three. Leave Sonny, like, close to Myra. Myra is across the room, so an orb just flies through the air. <laughs> hits the wall and hits the ground. <laughs> I was going to walk toward it and place it there. It's a person. I mean, we should just toss these people around sometimes, but not, not Myra. I mean, not Sonny. Okay. So in that case, I will do the full room description. <laughs> All right. So because you don't chuck th her through, you do actually see the room. And Myra's room is a lot less put together than it was the first time you entered it. Journals, recording, and labeled artifacts spill over the glass cases adorning the walls and also spill over the chairs which have been pulled out to provide improvised shelf space. Now, a handful of these documents are written in the Prilemian language or reference the weather patterns of arachnids, but you notice that most of them don't relate to the floating kingdom of Prilema or the Apocrita at all. Instead, they're labeled things like first dinner, Sonny's family, and the old scrapbook standby, Cherished Memories. Oh no. In the corner across from you, Myra is hunched over this paperwork and absentmindedly chewing on a strawberry, while a woman next to her is stabbing her screwdriver into a projector. Shock, you'd recognize this other woman as Sarah, the engineer that Hop introduced you to during Nano Fight Club. Oh. Uh, 
I'm not sure exactly what. As soon as you come in, Sarah, who knows no tact, will turn over and yell out between stabs. Oh, hey, shock. I met you last night. How you doing? And uh, Myra will turn up immediately at you and will look like really flustered. Oh, hello. I didn't expect to see you yet. Sorry. This is a bit scattered. Uh, I added a few more artifacts for uh, the floating kingdom of Prilema over in that uh, corner. And of course, uh, oh, no, I'm so sorry. I forgot to ask again. I got and she picks up a bigger jug of water. I made sure I had enough water this time. Uh, do any of you want any of it? Ah, uh, I, I think I am good on water. Do, do you want water, Vespari? Oh no, is Vespari also in the room? No. Vespari, who's just ducked himself in, goes, water? You know what, never mind. I think I think we're good on water. Thank you so much for your offer, Myra. Um, we actually wanted to, you know, go over artifacts as was our clear main intention. But also, we were just also dropping off. Uh, um, well, uh, we actually, uh, my apologies, Myra, Frank Manning, the fourth. We, we did indeed come to talk about artifacts, but we also came to uh, retrieve this uh, unidentified lady here that was doing something important, but there is something more important required somewhere else. So we could all take this lady here whose nomenclature I do not have identified, but I totally know. Mental link, Sarah. Sarah, yes. Yes, Sarah, of course. This the Sarah uh, out of the room for something important. She has been called for it. So it's tough to talk right now, but we will very sure like to. We thought you might want to discuss it in private with the professor and they live on the desk and try to take everybody outside. We have very <laughs> legitimate reasons. All right, so a few things happen. The first thing that happens- You're gonna drop the bomb, that professor! <laughs> everyone stares at the orb. They're all trying to process the words that you just put together in a string that some would call a run-on sentence. <laughs> yes. uh, Myra and Sarah look at the document, look at each other, and look back at you. And Sarah just says, uh, hey, don't worry about it, mates, all right? You won't even know I'm here. And she winks as she says it. After all, I just I just need to fix this thing up. I just need a fucking double dimensionator to create the 2D. And then Myra follows up and says, yes, don't don't worry, uh, Seraphinia is being very beneficial here. She's just helping me up with a small bit of side research that I was performing. Uh, and she's escorted you, Shock. She's grabbed you by the arm and just set you in front of some of the Prilemian artifacts. And she walks over and she picks up the orb with Sunny in it. And she, uh, she rubs the orb in contemplation and she walks back to where she was and she says, I'm sorry, I was just, you had asked me yesterday if I had talked to her, Shock, and I, I had, but I realized I hadn't factored in uh, that conversation into my variables. I haven't factored it into my research. So I'm just grabbing a small bit of samples and you just see all the papers flitting in the wind and I'm just assembling them together. So Sarah's just getting this very normal 2D projector working. And Sarah just says, yeah, I just need the double dimensionator to get the 2D part of it working. And so it's just, you know, it's just a little bit of side research. Wait, did you say the professor? And we said, will nod and point to the orb. <laughs> and then, and then. I'm going to give a GM intrusion to shock. Oh, oh. Who do you want to give the other point to? 
Uh, well, Ari has enough. I would give it to Ari, but Ari has enough. Oh, is there enough? I spent all my XP and I haven't gotten any intrusions. No. Do you do you really have zero, Emily? Um, no. Yes, maybe. Uh, how many does Hopper have? Tell me honestly, how many XP does Hopper Scotch have at this moment? He's mo- got six. How do you think? God fucking damn it. I have, I need it, Tom. I need it. I have two. You need six. You have two? God damn it. Can I give this point to myself because I deserve it? You can give it to Ness. He doesn't have any. I will give this point to Ellie Badge. So, as all this is happening, I'm assuming you feel very awkward, right? A, a, a little, a little. This is a weird situation. And just like, you just start averting your eyes in an attempt to be like, oh yeah, no, I, I don't know what to do. And as you start just averting your eyes awkwardly, you do the thing that I do, where you just read aloud the first thing you see. Like, I'll just read signs if I don't know what to say. He will do that. It was a long car ride. Go on. So you just turn over and you just see one of the artifacts, the Prilemian artifacts. You just read, kind of mutters yourself, oh, Pyramid of Dimensions. And then here's what happens. In order, Myra's face pales. The orb in her hand starts to shudder a little bit, cracks. As it's cracking, and you can just hear the cracking. Third, Bespari starts writing more notes on his hand. This is a continual thing. Fourth, Sarah has heard you say Pyramid of Dimensions, and she says, Oh, that's the double dimensionator I need. Thank you. And she plucks it off the table back to the projector. What are we on? Fifth? Sounds like very bad. I very much lost count. Fifth, the orb shatters, and you just see this ball of light with like two panicked eyes start to speed out of the room. Oh no! Yo, get back! Sixth. Sarah slams the Pyramid of Dimensions into the projector, and she just slaps her hands and she says, Oh, great! Double Dimensionator, this should work. And the machine starts to vibrate and get louder, and then suddenly she says, Wait, a pyramid? Oh, that's not two-dimensional, that's three-dimensional. And finally, last, the walls flutter, gravity shifts. Suddenly, all but one of the ceiling lights vanish, and all of you tumble down into a circular space with only walls and a thin layer of water at the bottom. You're suddenly in a tall, empty tower, littered with skeletons reflecting light from the single grated hole dozens of feet above. And all of you, Sunny, Myra, Shock, Vespari, Misha, and Sarah, have suddenly tumbled into this weird space. Oh my god. I guess we just live in the bottom of this well now. And Sarah just starts going to herself, ah, shit, 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 fuck, piss, shit, no, no, no. That was a triple dimensionator. See, a double dimensionator would just project a 2D image, but now we're inside of the image. Is the image real or, or is this some sort of holographic display? What's going on here? Why are we in this well? And as you say that, you turn over to see Sunny, who has now taken her kind of more corporeal form, and Myra just staring at the grate above. And this grate opens up, and you watch as four pairs of hands throw a young, freckle-faced woman with orange hair down, down, down into the depths with you. At first, it seems like her lab trench coat cushions her fall. But as this woman tries to stand, you hear her legs snap and watch her knees buckle from underneath her. 
This woman is Myra, many decades younger, and she doesn't seem to notice you or the light emanating from Sunny. And both Sunny and Myra say in unison, This is the memory of the first time we met. Myra turns over to Sunny. Um, hello? Hello? Sunny, how, how are you doing? Uh, uh, and Myra just responds, Good? Good. So, uh, Vespari leans down to you, Shock. No! Does this usually happen? Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure there is a usually with us, but this is, I think, fairly typical for plans that we have made. And Shock is mostly just feeling around the walls like, what is happening here? To ensure the plans are carried to perfection, <laughs> we need to all go to the opposite side as these two talking <laughs> individuals are, as to not disturb their conversation, and we're just gonna try and pull Vespari to the opposite side. Let us explore this very opposite wall. <laughs> like five feet away. No, no don't, don't do that. that. Don't, don't, don't move. Nobody move. Uh, Shock doesn't move? Yeah, Misha also doesn't move. Yeah, Misha will talk to Shock mentally and say, does not moving also, also implies not moving to speak? I'm going to risk it. And Shock will open his mouth to say, "What? what's wrong? Why can't we move? Myra says, so, um, we're in, when we first met, I was unwittingly exploring the Glasswood Dungeon. And the thing about the Glasswood Dungeon is, and both Myra and Sunny lean back, and as they do, you hear a little flip of a tripwire, and suddenly a bit of the wall comes sliding out, and they both simultaneously lean back with their arms on the trap, and Sunny just says, it's booby-trapped. What have you actually done? Shock is going to say, so to clarify, the booby traps from your memory can hurt us while we are trapped within this triple dimensionator, correct? Well, um, Sarah, are we in danger? Sarah just goes up and she nudges you with your elbow and she says, well, honestly, none of us really know, but do you want to find out? Not especially. But, uh, and Shock will continue like seeing if he can like cutting light the wall a little bit and if it affects it or if it just passes through. Misha will meanwhile just say to both of them, please do resume your conversation. Pretend we are not here. Yeah, as you're cutting light, the walls seem to almost vibrate a little bit, but the traps start coming out and you are able, all four of you are able to slowly make your way far enough away so that you aren't, you know, around. Do you want to be able to listen in on what's going on? I mean, yeah. Yeah, neither of us has the social tact to not listen in a little bit. I'll say you two are listening in and Vespari is just extending his very long torso so he can hear a little bit better. God damn it, Vespari. <laughs> and he's just relaying the words to you, but they're sometimes wrong. <laughs> no. Sometimes he'll say things like, it sounds like they're talking about a dove, about how they used to be a dove. Oh my God. But... But hang on, are we still in the same, like, how big is this dungeon? Because, like, I just imagine that we're literally within earshot. And then yet, he keeps repeating the things they say. Just leaning out. Well, they also hear that he's repeating the things. That's absolutely what's going on, but they appear a little bit distracted. As soon as they um, figure out what's going on, both of them start turning over to each other and they're like, what are you doing here? We both know this is really dangerous. Basically, both being like, what's going on and why? but expressing a concern for the other's well-being. 
Meanwhile, on the other side, you see young Myra. I'm just going to call him young Myra now. You see young Myra, who is just kind of autoplaying like a movie. And eventually she starts just calling out, uh, Help! Help! If there is anyone around, I would really appreciate help! And you start to see a little, like just a little fleck of sunlight. And as it hits the bottom and it pools, it starts to pull up the water around it and starts to form a mist, which forms around this very small orb, which rises and starts to take shape for the first time. Misha, you can tell the kind of data sphere aspect of this creature is very much struggling. And then out of nowhere, a bit of wall just slams down on it like a hammer, just and it just pools into the water again. And it's just a little fleck of light. And um, actually, fuck it. Roll me speed defense. God <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to force you to be by Myra and Sunny if it kills me. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, if it, if it kills you. 11. 15. Oh, so Misha, you get caught in your foot a little bit. Take four points of might damage. Oh my god, okay. I don't have my sheet with me, but I will write that down. Do you want us to just stand next to them while they talk about their feelings? I want you to know what's going on. We are! We're listening! Yeah, I imagine that the room is not that big, right? I thought we were, like, standing ten feet away from them, just listening to them. That's fair. You're only nine feet away now. And Misha hurts a little bit. <laughs> How dare you? Everybody hurts. Ow. And as Misha, as as the volume kind of goes away a little bit, you see young Myra pretty recklessly go to to where the little bit of light was. And she's just like, oh no, oh no, are you, are you okay? And she picks up the little spot of light and she just is like, are you, are you okay? Is everything all right? And meanwhile, old Myra and Sunny are who've been talking to each other very worried this whole time, turn over to the image and kind of pay attention. And Sunny just kind of quietly says to herself, How did you know that was me? And Myra just awkwardly kind of rubs the back of her neck a little bit, and she says, Well, um, see, I I thought you were a firefly. Uh, Shock will just awkwardly pipe up and say, All right, so our plan has kind of failed, but... We tried to bring you two together today because it sounds like you miss each other a lot. And we we didn't know if you'd really talk to each other about the fact that you miss each other. An astute observer might notice Myra's mouth. I do. Huh. You said that was young Myra, right? No, adult Myra. Oh. And while Sunny doesn't have a clearly defined face, you swear you can see her mouth the same. And then they're both like, ah, ah. well, I mean, the data's just not there. You know, the data isn't conclusive yet. We don't want to work without data. It's just not fair to Sunny. And I told you all about the threads. I mean, there's no threads here. There's threads between you. And I mean, back then there were threads between, huh, where are the threads between us? And at this point, you can see young Sunny is starting to take more of a corporeal form, although she looks basically the same as old Sunny because she's just was born an old lady, I guess. <laughs> she's a ghost lady. Come on. And they seem to be talking a little bit and you can't really hear it. It's a bit muffled, but they're laughing. They're talking. Young Myra will laugh a little bit and then wince because, again, her fucking bones have broken. <laughs> she's in pain. And Myra and Sunny say it's th- the thing is, it's just 
there were no threads. Even then, without the professor, there were no threads. We were like this from the start. How could we work without it? I may have grown up among machines, but even I can tell that you are not actually talking about what you're feeling. You are talking about data and threads and all of these strange things, but you're, you're trying to avoid saying what you actually feel as, as people. Well, I, uh, I guess it kind of felt like my world was crumbling apart. And as soon as Myra says that, suddenly a deadly trap appears. And this deadly trap is of the pouring water, graded ceiling, and spiked wall variety. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> and suddenly the wa water starts pooling around your legs as the wall turns to spikes and start going in. And you can see that the only way out is through the graded hole in the ceiling. Both Sunny and Myra, young Sunny and Myra, and old Sunny and Myra are panicked. Sunny says, well, how, well, how are we going to get out here? How will, we, how will we escape with all of us? And Myra says, yes, last time the only way we got out was by fusing the professor, and we, we can't do that fusion anymore. And we definitely didn't have so much dead weight last time. Dead weight? I, I think nearly everyone in this room is a nano. Yeah, and Sarah can probably fly with this wheelchair, maybe. Sarah has already turned it into into jetpack form and was about to press the yes. go button and she just turns over to you and goes what yeah shock just just does the cartoon gesture like both arms like dead weight uh, all right all right hold on hold on hold on you used your nano powers to get out before right yes yeah i need to fuse to have we have we fused have i fused with my uplink no you don't need that for the nano powers just use the powers and both of them are just like, no, 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 no. Except, and Myra turns to Sunny and she's like, hey, do you remember the thing? The one that like we tried and we, we thought it was a little angsty, but Aegon said it was okay. And Sunny's like, Aegon? Oh, yes, yes, that boy. Yes, but there's no way we could do it. And Myra says, I, I did it with you. I mean, if we were the professor and I was the professor, you were the professor. So if I did it, then you did it. And, and both of them are just like, and um, let me think of the edgiest thing that I can. What edge lurks in your heart, Kyle? And Sunny's, uh, the top of Sunny's body suddenly turns very icy. Like she consolidates the top of her torso to ice. And then she consolidates two of her arms to ice shotguns. And she just turns to the rest of you and is like, get on. Can shock defiantly just far step up to the grate? Yes. Give me a roll. I'm a very rude boy. That pause concerns me. That's yeah, a seven. I, if I had just called out some uh, some effort beforehand, this wouldn't be an issue. But I didn't do that thing. I just rolled without thinking. I can't waste my only experience point on this. <laughs> Let me think about what I want to do. Well, whatever. It's fine. You go and you far step away and suddenly you're no longer in this fake space. Suddenly you're just in the dorm room directly above Myra's room and Sir Kentrum just turns over to you, takes off his headphones and is like, what's up, man? Hello, classmates. Having a fun day defying 
the system. Oh man, you know it. And he just kicks back and puts back on his headphones and you can see that he's listening to an audiobook of, uh, let me think of the name of the book, of Fletcher and the Pie. There we go. My, that's my favorite archery pastry book. <laughs> Take another point with Sir Kendrick. <laughs> Amazing. Meanwhile, back in hell, Shock has just disappeared out of fucking existence. Sunny has shotgun arms and has made a little platform for all of you to stand on, which Myra is already perched onto. I'm gonna say Mary Jane style from the Spider-Man movies. Um, Sarah has a rocket. Misha, what are you gonna do? Well, I mean, if Misha does fit on that platform, they would get in, because they, they trust that shock is fine. All right, you all start to fly out of this space, and how you fly out, I should explain, is Sunny using the shotgun uh, arms to just shoot, shoot beneath her, <laughs> propelling you all up. Because as we know, through the laws of fucking physics, equal and opposite force. <laughs> all right, and as... As she flies up doing that with three of you on her, because Vespari is clutching as well, there's a little bit of a bump. And Misha, I need you the whole uh, roll might to stay on. All right, I'm gonna, um, I don't I don't have my sheet with me, so I'm gonna wing it, but I'm gonna spend my level of effort and roll here. I rolled an 18, stars have aligned. So your minor effect is should you choose, you will not have to roll for the next thing. Sure. It bumps and you hold on okay. But suddenly you start to see Vespari start to fall back down into the pit. No, I want to I wanna r- reluctantly reach for him. <laughs> if I can reach him directly, stretch my hand. If not, I want to scarf grab him somehow. Cause You reach and you aren't able to reach him. And he keeps falling and he's like, no. And you start to see like this dust, this dust that he used start to fly out of his pockets. And he's like, wait a second. And as you shoot down your scarf, he shoots up his silver uh, dust and he creates a grappling hook that grabs onto your scarf and you successfully pull him back up as you all fly out onto the grate and into the uh, area immediately around it. And it kind of looks like a well a little bit. It looks like they just threw you down a deadly well. And yeah, all five of you are out there, kind of panting and breathing heavily. Vespari is upset because his hands are all wet, so now all those notes are dribbling. And he's like, I learned nothing. Nothing. I failed on my first day. Misha will again reluctantly say, I think you did a great job here. The adjective Vespari and like do a, an awkward pat in the head and then you be like we should now stop to see how these results <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile Myra and Sunny are looking at each other and Myra's like that that was amazing you did amazing well I only remembered because you told me I literally didn't remember I could do that could I do that And as they're kind of talking to each other, you notice that young Sunny and young Myra from this memory haven't appeared yet. So you wait and you watch. Within seconds, water starts to spill up through the gate and the small circle of light that was young Sunny in the depths below is snuffed out. And then, like a supernova, it bursts forth with tremendous energy. Modern day, old Sunny and Myra grimace to one another. Vespari asks, uh, what is going on here? 
It's as we said. We were only able to do anything when we fused. And then the light rose brighter and warmer, and sparks of hot electricity wrapped themselves around the grating, which shatters into dozens of pieces as the light carries itself out of the dungeon. For a second, it's all white, noise and sight. And then, as the brightness fades, you see not one, but two figures, young Myra and young Sunny, holding on to each other and laughing. And as it does, the sky around you loses its texture, looking less like an endless expanse and more like the insides of a well-colored box. The wooden scraps beneath you of the well turn polished and layer themselves around the rest of the floor. And the laughter fades away as you just hear the hum of a projector turning off as Shock holds the double dimensionator, or in this case, triple dimensionator in his hand. So you were able to turn it off. I hope that's okay. I figured that's... That was what I would have done upon arriving again. Myra says, well, this doesn't, well, this doesn't make sense. And Sunny says, yeah, we fused as soon as we met. We never went through anything without that. And uh, Myra continues, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. As I said, that's how I remember it. But my memory is not exactly what uh, it used to be. And then suddenly her eyes just widen with realization. I mean, you probably know better than us because you actually lived through this whole weird process, but nobody's memories are perfect. We're not the Apocrita. <laughs> Vespari leans down to Misha and says, I did not understand that reference. Was that a joke? I did see him chuckle. Uh, we will catch you up later. But Shock will say, maybe things... Maybe things can't go back to the way they were before, but maybe they also weren't the way you remember them being. Um, I think, I think you might be right, Shock. Yes, and I can happily help sort through the papers that we have here and figure it out. And as they say that, we see the area around you. And we see that just everything is torched and on fire and cut in half from when Shock was cutting light through the walls. I did it, only did it a little bit. And Sunny just turns over to Myra and says, well, maybe if we both talk about all of our memories, we can put something together anyway. Also, I'm sorry because I'm very much on my bullshit today. What does that mean? What if Jenkins, but a terrible voice? What if Jenkins, but bad Gilbert Godfrey? <laughs> I assure you, it's nothing salacious. It's just when I say words with my voice, it sounds like I'm talking about slow sex. That's a Jenkins line, but with Iago's voice now. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, it's, uh... here's the thing. My goal at this point is to have Vespari be around, but he will still be very annoying. He thinks your name is Mita Georgedis. Let us not <laughs> forget this fact. He doesn't know Ellie's name. 
I don't know if he knows Hopper's name. He should. We've been talking. We have five parts. Random cowboy roommate without a hat. He gave me a gift. Random sad cowboy. That can't be my name. The sad cowboy man was very helpful. Headless cowboy man. Cool. That's great. I'm cutting all of this. Yeah. (laughs) 